Hello, welcome to Think, Feel, Eat, episode number 15. We are about three or four episodes into the uh, perfect storm of weight loss and how it, it, all of our weight loss efforts are interconnected and how when we bring them all together, then we can have the perfect storm of weight loss for ourselves. So um, let's review a little bit. Sorry about that, guys. Let's review a little bit about the perfect storm. Let me share my screen. And let's just start right here. There we go. All right. So um, here we have what it takes to create an eating plan that leads to the perfect storm of weight loss. Okay, so it's really important in considering the perfect storm of weight loss that we understand how all of the elements all three of these, I'm gonna enlarge just this uh, triangle here. There we go for a minute here. See if everybody can see that. All right, how these uh, three components are related to each other, how they affect each other, how they work together for us, or they work together against us. All right, and so um, in the past, in, with weight loss efforts, maybe you were like me and you focused on one or two things. A lot of times what we do when we strive to lose weight is we focus on um, the a plan. So usually it's a diet of some kind, nothing wrong, all diets work, right? For some people. All right, so we focus on a certain diet and then we focus on exercise. Um, this really this perfect storm weight loss does not really have exercise in as a way to lose weight. Um, my coach, many, many, many weight loss experts believe that when you focus on exercise as a means to lose weight, that you actually sabotage yourself. You actually um, do what happened to somebody whom I knew who was training for a marathon. She ran at least 30 miles a week, sometimes many times, 40, 50 miles a week for six months. And at the end of the six months had no weight loss. Okay, why is that? If somebody runs 30 miles, mathematically, that's roughly 100 calories a mile. 30 miles times 100 calories is, how do you do that kind of math again? 30 times 100 is three and three zeros. Over that six month period, no matter what else happened, when you consider, I'm gonna say she averaged 35 miles a week because many, many weeks she ran 50. No matter what else happened, she should have lost one pound every single week for 24 weeks. She should have been down 24 pounds. And instead she weighed exactly the same at the end of the six months of training, and if you Google this, you will be shocked at the like triathlon people, the runners, all these people who have the same experience. And there are a number of reasons for it that I'm not going to do in this particular episode. Um, and I'm not anti-exercise. I walk, I ballroom dance, I have a, uh, a uh, commercial cleaning business that I adore for the movement. Um, I play pickleball and I work out with weights. And prior to the coronavirus, I worked out five days a week for 16 months, 18 months, not against exercise at all. 
but it really falls over here, guys. It falls into habit building. It falls into emotional strength. It falls into mental strength. It falls into muscle building, which guess what? Over here affects your um, metabolism eventually with muscle. It affects your ability to decide ahead of time or rather your ability to decide ahead of time affects it. Um, it can affect the shape of your body for sure but you will not necessarily drop pounds with exercise unless you are exercising a whole bunch of cardio. 30 miles a week is a whole bunch of cardio. But unless you are doing all of these things together, you're, exercise, you're doing a whole bunch of cardio, so you're making another caloric deficit. Right. So instead of having the caloric deficit be made by what you're eating only, now you're trying to make a caloric deficit with your movement. So 35 miles a week, you should lose a pound a week. But in addition to doing that cardio at that level, you also have to keep your food protocol in check, not eat any more in order to make up for it, not subconsciously reward yourself with more foods or ever ever think consciously or subconsciously i worked out so i can eat this research is really showing that that happens more often than the other that we actually don't lose weight i'm even in a weight loss group that they are either cutting or building cutting or what is it cutting or cutting or building? I think it is. In the cutting, you're losing weight. In the building, you might gain a little bit of weight, but you're gaining muscle. And their expert advice, and they train thousands and thousands of women to do this, their expert advice is you don't do the, both at the same time. I have to admit that since COVID-19, since I have been unable to go to the Y and do my strength training, I started out with good intentions of doing stuff at home, but I get bored easily. I did not keep it up. I always walked some. I did one or two workouts a week uh, with my exercise ball or my hand weights or yoga or something like that. Um, but nothing like I was doing. I was doing 20 to 40 minutes of strength training five times a week. I've lost weight more without than I did with. So exercise definitely falls into our perfect storm of health and so forth, but it falls over here with habits. It doesn't fall over here with creating a deficit because usually a deficit is not created. The other bad thing about making your food plan around exercising, the other negative to that is that if you ever cannot do that level, so like the group that I'm in, they get their plan, they get coached and stuff on their macros, which is very wise. They're, they're some really great people and they're coaching people. Again, focusing not on all of these aspects, right? Not necessarily focusing on hunger, cravings, and brain chemicals, not necessarily focusing on thoughts and emotional management, but man, do they ever have the food plan and even the exercise down like really, like I'm learning so much. But um, the the people in there have somebody check their their totals how are my calories how are my macros and things like that 
And one of the things that their macro calculator, that their calorie and macro calculator has you put in is your level of working out. Even when I was still going down to work out all the time, I put light. I just put light. Because I know in my heart of hearts that it's not a good idea to bank on that workout. Have you ever heard you can't outrun a fork? We cannot count on exercise creating a big enough deficit for us for us to lose weight. Does exercise do a ton of other amazing things? Yes. Is exercise awesome? Yes. But I wouldn't count on it for creating your deficit. And I wouldn't put it in my figures unless you are like bodybuilding or something like that. All right, so that's where exercise falls, right here. Okay, so we wanna see how all of these things fit together and how when we only focus on one thing, we only focus on food, we only focus on times, seldom would we ever only focus on amounts unless we're just like doing like, I don't even know, the one plate a day uh, way or uh, five bites or three bites, um, the little, um, you can eat anything you want, but it has to fit in these cups four times a day, or, you know, different things like that. Those would be more extreme things, work for some people, right? Because guess what? Everything works for somebody, okay? Um, but we can't just focus on these. We can't just focus on insulin, right? If all we think about is keeping our insulin low, and that's the only thing we try to do, there are hundreds, dozens, tens of thousands, let's put it that way, tens of thousands of people everywhere who are banking on low insulin as being the only thing that will cause them to lose weight and nothing else matters. And they overeat and they don't lose and then they're discouraged. So we can't focus on one of these by itself, right? We definitely cannot focus on willpower. We can't focus on our serotonin and our happiness to take us there. It has to be this affects this, this affects this, this affects that, that affects this, okay? And those of you who are listening instead of watching, I'm pointing to the various aspects of the perfect storm weight loss triangle, okay? Um, so go to donnerish.com forward slash perfect storm. Uh, by the time this is up, that will be, that new page will be up with all of the different uh, broadcasts in order for you guys to uh, catch up if you missed them or for you to see the graphics too. All right, so here then we have thoughts and emotions, emotions, thoughts and emotion management. All right, these habits will affect our food. Once I have the habit of do not, don't take a bite until I write, that's my mantra every day. I'm going to teach that to you. I want to say next week, but I'm not exactly sure when it falls. I got to look at that again. Um, don't, don't take a bite until I write. That is a habit. Once I get that habit, ingrained, even if I'm writing down Oreos and peanut M&Ms, it affects my food plan. My food plan affects my habits, right? Once I am thinking, feeling, and eating, I'm stopping before I go into food frenzy, like I'm going to discuss today with the four types of food, or I'm thinking before I fog eat, I'm grabbing a thought, I'm seeing what I'm feeling, I'm real willing to feel that feeling instead of grabbing the snack, grabbing the buffer, whatever it might be. It could be, you know, doing something else too. I thought those were off. Um, that affects our food. 
<laughs> All of these things are interwoven. So what do we already know about our food and eating protocol? What do we already know about an eating protocol? The eating protocol is a big part of the perfect storm, right? I wrote the wrong word there. It's a big part of the perfect storm. It is going to be, you know, if we say that we break down the triangle, which is really not that easy to do, but if we break it down, we're going to say that food is going to be like 80% of what we lose weight from, right? Food is what makes us fat, okay? Overeating, overhunger, overdesire, indulging, buffering, all of those things, right? I'm not eating what our protocol says. Okay, so what we know about a protocol and developing our own protocol here is that we know that we will decide when we're going to eat, what we're going to eat, and the amount that we are going to eat. All right, so I'm gonna go off the screen share for a sec here. Hi again. All right, so we know about our eating protocol we know that it takes a plan, right? We propel what we plan, we move what we measure. It takes a plan. We're not going to lose weight. We're not going to get to our goal just fasting. We're not gonna to get to our goal just eating these certain foods. We're not gonna to get to our goal just being a vegetarian. We're not gonna get to our goal just being keto usually. Some people do. Some people are so hardcore keto that their deficit is always there for them. So, so sometimes it happens that way, but you can't have days off and get to your goal on keto, right? You can't have meals off, stuff like that. You've got to be very, very vigilant. And you're making this extreme deficit because you're cutting out an entire macronutrient. Okay, I think that might be next, the macros. Okay, so you're cutting out an entire macronutrient, so you're making a big enough deficit. But generally speaking, just saying, I'm going to do this doesn't work. It has to be a boundary that is extremely measurable. All right. So we know that about our eating protocol. It has to be planned in order to propel. And then after each, each day, we have to measure it to see if we, how we did on it to, to move things along. Right. Okay. That's, we propel what we plan. We move what we measure, okay? We already know that there are certain elements to our eating protocol that are extremely important. That's my shirt. That are extremely important, right? There are some things that are extremely important in our food plan, right? What are those things? We said that it has to be something that we can stay on. It has to have food that we like. It has to be, um, it has to have a lot of protein to help us build muscle because we burn more calories, to um, help us feel full because protein is satiating, to give us a metabolic boost because protein is said to give up to a 15% metabolic boost. What else do we have when we eat protein? We don't have so much junk. I've been on um, a protocol that has to do with macronutrients, and I'm going to be teaching that. If anybody wants to learn that, 
not my time. It's one of them. I have, I have two timers. Aren't they so great? Okay. Anyway, I've been on a protocol doing macros and uh, my clothes are getting big. <laughs> I have been uh, on a protocol with macros and the advice is count your protein first, get your protein in first, and then fill in your carbs and your fat around it. I'm amazed it really, really, really does work. So st uh, stay tuned if you want help with that, okay? Now, pro focusing on protein works because of all the things I just said. It's satiating, it boosts your metabolism, it builds your muscles so you burn more calories later, or it, it supports muscles, muscle building. It um, has a met metabolic boost to it. And there's, there are very few protein items that are junk food. Like how many of us have been on low fat and ate junk food? How many of us have been on keto and ate junk food? When you're getting 100 grams of protein in, you can't eat junk food. I mean, granted, you could just like eat bacon and steak, like, sort of like keto people do, but you would use up so many of your calories that you wouldn't have any calories left. So remember last week, episode 14, how I said counting calories plus something else is better. Like for me, counting calories didn't work because I ate junk, but counting calories and uh, prioritizing protein does work because I have to get my 100 grams of protein in before I ever start on anything else. And then whatever I have left calorie wise is what I have to spend on other things. Your protocol has to be something you, food you enjoy, something you can stay on, something you don't feel the need to cheat on all the time. If you feel the need, like just, I think it was yesterday, somebody asked me like, the problem with that is that you really can't cheat on it. I'm like, this is not macros, it was something else we were talking about. And I was like, yeah, you, you really can't cheat on that protocol. She was talking about keto. You really can't cheat on that, but you can't do a protocol you need to cheat on, right? We have to develop something in our lives that we can do forever and ever and ever. It can't be, and granted, you can change later, but it can't be something that you, going out of the gate, are saying, this one's kind of strict because I can't cheat on it. We, we can't need to cheat. Otherwise, we can't stay on it. So something we can stay on, something that causes a deficit that leads to weight loss in a sustainable, regular manner, something that fills you up. That's why I like the protein first approach because it's satiating. It fills me up. I have 600 calories in my first meal. I just had that. What time is it? I don't even know. Five o'clock or something. I had that at three. My first meal. I had um, like my own version of hamburger helper. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. It was so bizarro, but it was like ground turkey and potato slices and low fat cheese and seasonings. And I just ate it all together and it was yummy. Um, but I had that, which gave me like, I don't even know, 30 grams of protein or something. It was really good. Ground turkey is, lean ground turkey is a really good protein choice. Um, real food plus low cal, low, a lot of protein for your calorie buck. 
Okay, what else did I have? Oh, I had cream cheese whip for dessert with protein, with protein powder and um, peanut butter flour powder in it. That was a good dessert. And I think that was it. Anyway, I had like 500 calories. There's 550. And I was stuffed. And I had like 60 or something grams of protein. But so it's satiating. Okay, so you need some, if your protocol needs to be something you can stay on, it needs to be something you don't feel like you have to cheat on all the time. It needs to be something that is sustainable. It needs to be something you can adhere to. It needs to be something you like the food of. It needs to be something that's very measuring. You're measuring, measuring, measuring. It's not vague. It's not loosey-goosey. There's, there are no, there are no, um, there's no room for like, well, you know, I think this will fit. Nope, nope, nope. It has to exactly fit perfectly. Okay. It can either be complex, like counting all of your macronutrients and weighing and measuring all of your food, or it can be less complex, like Weight Watchers points or no flour, no sugar ever, right? There are, the complexity level is dependent upon what you want to do and what you like. It has to have fiber in it, the three Fs, right? Fibrous, fluffy, and fluidy. <laughs> You know how much I love my acronyms and anything that's kind of English-like. So fibrous, fluffy, and fluidy. Okay. It has to um, make, a, make enough deficit that you're going to go down to your goal with that. Right? So if it's, if it's you know, keto, but you're eating 1,800, 2,000 calories and you're, you need 1,500, it doesn't matter. Right? It's just like the nut test from last week. Okay, so with that in mind, um, the protocol that you choose, the protocol that you choose regardless, regardless of what you choose, it has to make a calorie deficit. So now I want to go into the four food types. And the four food types are uh, based a lot, I'm gonna share my screen again, based a lot on this. Okay, because it, your four food types, if you, if you eat fuel food a lot, you're going to keep your dopamine low, you're going to keep your cortisol low, which is more affected by extreme diets and extreme exercise and stuff like that than it is food necessarily, but your serotonin, you're going to be happy with what you chose. You're not going to hate it, dread it, say, I can't do this another day, say, how many cheap meals can I have a week? You're not going if you go in saying that, then you know that that's not a protocol for you. Okay, it's going to keep your ghrelin low because of the times. I mean, you're going to train your ghrelin. So when you're going to be hungry, clock hunger and all that, um, it's, going to, it's not going to take that much willpower to stay on it because you've kept your dopamine low, your spikes of dopamine because you have the 80-20. So let's go look at the 80. Let's go look at the, um, um, where is it? The four food types. Let me enlarge this a little bit. Okay, so we have four food types here, and we want to stay 80% fuel foods. This is on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, I personally have one free, free meal a week, but if, you know, if when I get closer, it, it's, it's not working for me. Um, I'm very, very specific with that free meal. So I'm, we're not going to talk about that today. We'll talk about that in another time. But this is your daily approach. Okay, this is your day in and day out approach. Okay, it's 80% fuel foods. So this is 80% 
is on your protocol. It leads to your health goals. It leads to your new weight. It keeps your dopamine low. It um, satisfies you. It fills you up. It's satiating and satisfying because those are two completely different things. Satiation is how full you are with it. Like my 500 calorie first meal today, was I was stuffed because I had fiber, I had protein, and um, it was just so filling, so, so filling. Okay, this is your 80% every day. This is what, this is how I look at it, okay? You should be 80% fuel foods and you should fill your days with your fuel food first. So I always plan this first. I go into my daily planner and I have meal one and I have meal two. And it says time, so I write the time, three o'clock. I write um, homemade hamburger helper. <laughs> I don't know why, it's called, why I call it that because it's in the microwave. Anyway, well, my baked potatoes are already cooked. My hamburger was already cooked. So anyway, I've done some pre-cooking there. But um, so 80%. This is what I fill my day with first. This is what I write down first. For me, it is um, 1,400 calories. That's my weight loss amount. And it is 95 grams of protein. This is what I start with first. Then I put in other car healthy carbs. Then I put in healthy fats. And I leave myself 20% after I meet this, I leave myself 20% for a treat. And I do that every day, okay? Fun foods should be no more than 20%. They should still be within your deficit. And this is where a lot of people go wrong. They say, well, I, I wanna have a treat every day. I should have a, be able to have a treat every day. I mean, I can't live my whole life without ever having a treat, right? That's what we think, that's what we say. And, um, and I kind of think there might be some truth to that. I think that anytime I try, you know, I'm gonna have one fun meal a week or whatever, one fun food meal a week or whatever, I have a lot of trouble. I, this, this has been sustainable for me. So my 20% is fun food. Now, look over here underneath the fun food. No more than 20% and avoid fabulously fun food except for special occasions, okay? I can't afford with the calories that I have left. So let's say that I am at 1400 calories. So 20% of 1400 calories is 20, 280. So I have a 280 calorie treat. If I met all my other fuel food goals here. Okay. I don't have all of my foods and then I have whatever I want for a treat. I have whatever I want for a treat that still creates my deficit. Do you see the difference between I've been so good all day and now I'm going to have a treat and I got in all of my fuel foods. Now I'm going to have a treat. It is a completely different approach because I only have 280 calories to work with. That does not include any fabulously fun food. I cannot just stick in like I used to try to stick in a cream filled roll, cream filled donut to stick in a cupcake, a big cupcake with lots of frosting, to stick in a hot fudge brownie sundae, to stick in these, these amazing nachos that they have at B-dubs. They don't fit 
in my 80-20. All right, so all of this, this 80 and 20, all of that has to be decided ahead of time. It can't be something that you, you just hope happens, okay? So before we go into fog and frenzy, I wanna address that. And that is, you are not on an 80-20 food protocol unless you write down everything you ate and 80% of it was fuel and 20% of it was fun. And you're still at your caloric limit you, take, you need either to maintain or to lose. Let me repeat that. You are not on an 80-20 protocol. It makes me crazy, not because I'm doing it and you're not, but it makes me crazy when people put, I pretty much do 80-20, you know, I, I just eat 80% healthy food and 20%, you know, whatever I want. Sort of, pretty much, vagueness will get us nowhere. Guys, you don't have to have such extreme complexities in your eating protocol, but you can't have vagueness. You have to have specificity. And you know that's one of my favorite words, specificity, it's five syllables. It's one of my favorite words. It's one of my favorite words because it went from a hard C specific to a soft C specificity. It's five syllables, I love that. And it affects our lives, specificity, no vagueness. You are not on an 80-20 unless you've measured 80 and 20. Then and only then are you on an 80-20. And I think that deluding ourselves with platitudes of, I, I'm pretty much 80% whole food and 20% you know, treats and things like that. Or yeah, I, pretty, I, I eat pretty healthy. Or yeah, I, I don't overeat usually. Those types of vague statements will get us nowhere. Specificity, okay? That is the 80-20 life. All right, then we have two other kinds of food that we do not, that we want to avoid. I mean, my tech girl, I had her do this because it has to show up. But technically, if we can use our thought work that is aspect number three of the triangle of the perfect storm. If we can use our thought work, our feelings, our emotional eating tools, if we can use all of those to get rid of these and make them none, we will be heading to our goal very, very, very well. So what are these two other foods? Frenzy food is grabbing food quickly, eating fast without thinking. Now frenzied, is um, kind of a trick we play on ourselves in that we, do you ever do this? Sometimes I do this and I, and it's, and it's not till afterwards that you really realize it. Now I realize it when I do it more because I've been doing thought work so much that I think about it before I eat something. I think, I count backwards from 90. I do all the tricks that I taught you and think, feel, eat seven, eight, and nine. Or is that eight, nine? I think it's seven, eight, nine. Um, but frenzy food is kind of a trick you play on yourself. Like if you grab something really fast so you can eat it before you think, 
or before you write it down or before you put it in your MyFitnessPal, before you count it, before you add it up, before you look at the label, before you think about it. And it is just like, just grab. You just grab without thinking, okay? That's what I call frenzied food. Some people call that binging, um, but I really believe that binging could either be frenzied food or fog food, or it might be a combination of the two. Fog food is when you eat without thinking. You start eating, you don't have any specific plan. So you open up bags of things without any measurement tool, without any barrier, without any boundaries. You've opened up these things and you're eating without thinking. And you're starting to eat and then all of a sudden you're wondering, how did I get here? Right? And it often does result in a binge. So I think frenzied, when I think about frenzied, I think about, you know, the kids are all here and we have some little, I put out bowls of treats for them when they come while they're waiting on dinner to get ready or whatever, or while everybody's bringing their carry-in things in. And I think about, you know, what I plan to eat during our family get together. And instead I grab a mini Snickers off the table. I just grabbed it real quick. I ate it. I didn't write it down. I didn't think about it. It wasn't my plan. I just did it fast. And I almost sometimes do it. I say, I just don't even care. Their frenzy food is often preceded with, I don't care. I just don't care. This won't, and this won't matter. Okay. This won't matter. Guys, if we want to lose weight to our goal weight, if we want to get there and stay there, every food matters, right? Everything matters, especially as you get close to goal. Okay, but a fog is truly a fog, okay? And it just, it starts and it just keeps on going and you didn't set any boundaries and you're not thinking about it. Um, this happens like with bowls of chips that are out in front of you things that are just, you're not grabbing it quickly, you just start and then you wonder how you got here. And it's like maybe more of a long, eating a longer, during a longer period of time than a frenzied food, which would be just what you grab. Okay, so let me go off a screen share here. I wanna help you create your perfect protocol, your um, eating protocol that helps you the most. Okay, um, when next week or when you receive this, you will be able to go to donnarish.com forward slash perfect storm. And when you get there, the perfect storm order of different things to watch and the different graphics and outlines and things like that will all be there in order. It's kind of like a, a podcast roadmap, so to speak but it's gonna be in order specific to the perfect storm. Okay, because I have 60 something weight loss lifestyle and I have like 15 think, feel, eat. Okay, so these are just gonna be the ones that pertain to creating the perfect storm weight loss. So it's either thought work, it's emotional eating, it's, it's uh, life coaching around food, it's deciding ahead of time, it is uh, using your prefrontal cortex, it is controlling your dopamine spikes, it is creating your food protocol, it is you know, creating your fasting times. Okay, all of that together, okay? If you want specific help on this, you can text me or email me. I also have my weight loss coaching page up. 
and it is um, DonnaReach.com forward slash coach, coach, coach or coaching. And you can go there and get a free 30 minute consult. And you can talk to me about what your goals are. And I can see if I could help you in a weight loss coaching scenario or just give you advice. Okay. Also with that until June 15th, so it's now like May 15th until June 15th, I have a half price coaching special It's called founding members. It's for the first so many people who buy the 16 week package, they get it for half price. All right. So anyway, some ways I can help you go to DonnaReach.com forward slash perfect storm. Okay. Watch, read, listen, think about what would be your protocol that would meet all of those criterion that we, that I discussed today. And, um, let's get you started on it, right? Get you started on it because it has to be something we don't start Monday. We start right now. We start now. We start the next meal. We start tomorrow. We start immediately because this will be our new life. I'll see you in the next broadcast. Thanks a lot for joining me.